You are listening to The Winning Mind Podcast. I am Letitia D'Souza. I am a mindset coach and business strategist who has helped more than 1,200 people change their lives, their relationships, their businesses, and just win in life. There's a myriad of reasons why we're not winning in life. Most people don't really play to win. They play not to lose. And what winning really means is becoming a better version of yourself each and every day. We can do this together. Hey, everybody, it's Letitia. Thank you so much for joining me. Hope your day is off to an amazing start or it's it's been an amazing day if you're listening to this in the evening. Y'all always know I got to tell y'all how much I appreciate y'all. So if nobody has told you today how much you mean and how much they appreciate you, you're hearing it from me. I really appreciate each and every one of you that continue to tune in and continue to share the podcast. Y'all know that the more I study trauma, the more I study trauma, the more that I study things around like childhood wounds and things like that, I feel like the more resources are opening up to me. So I just came across this. uh, I haven't even watched it yet. I'm actually going to watch it today. Not a documentary, maybe for lack of a better word, but a a film, a a movie called The Wisdom of Trauma. And um, it's by Dr. Gabor, G-A-B-O-R. But I was just looking into that earlier today. And it's really looking at trauma and looking at trauma as just like how we respond to the world and that um, the, the premise of it is that inside of everybody is just someone that's just asking to be loved regardless of how it is that they're showing up in life. So y'all know I cannot wait to dig into that and, and even dig just like more into his work. So what he, his premise is he would love for from the professional to the layperson to really be trauma-informed just so that we can show up in our interactions with people in a way that is just completely different than the way that we are showing up now. So if any of y'all have a chance to look him up, do so. Or if this is a topic that interests you, because it surely interests me. I don't know what had me thinking about this earlier this week. I can't remember what somebody asked me or said to me, but I was thinking about manipulation and how I'm very, very sensitive to manipulation. Let me tell y'all something. I, you know, I realize listening to these edits that I say, let me tell y'all something a lot. So that's probably not going to change. But let me tell y'all something. I'm very, very sensitive to manipulation. I don't always say anything about it, but I can sense it and I can smell it a mile away. I am very, very keenly discerning. So I'm just sensitive to the inner workings of people. It's just what I've studied. So I don't judge manipulation like, oh my God, he is a manipulator or she is a manipulator. You know Why? because I am a reformed master manipulator. You heard it here first. I used to be a master manipulator. I was just smart enough to, at least I thought I was, to just manipulate any situation to work in my favor. But let me tell you, the at the core of manipulation is not knowing how to ask for what it is that you need or not having your needs met. And so you learn to meet your needs at the expense of other people. So we often learn manipulation very, very early in childhood. So now, rather than being offended by people who manipulate or who attempt to manipulate, I can really just look at it through different lenses and just say, like, what is it that you really need? Can you ask me for what it is that you really need? Because I understand manipulation. So I was I was just thinking about that. And a lot of times we can see other people manipulating, but we don't recognize how we ourselves manipulate. So 
When you really commit to doing work within yourself, you are going to come across some truths that can just really shake you to your core because you oftentimes, we oftentimes would like to believe the more pleasing things about ourselves, but those things that are lurking in the shadow parts of us, our ego would really have us believe that this is not us. So the ego will always separate you from truth. And I'm saying all that to say all change starts with truth. So the more you can dig into the truth about who you are for real, and it's not even from a place of judgment, it's just from a place of acceptance, because when you accept something, when you see it, you can shift it. So I was just thinking about manipulation and the ego, and I was just thinking about all of the different ways that that shows up for us. And I just want to talk about a little little bit about those, right? So let's just bookmark the manipulation part for a second, and let me just talk about the ego. When we, people say, oh my God, men have fragile egos or men have big egos or that person is just so egotistical. We all have egos. Egos is just the false self or the sense of self that we all developed to protect us. Everybody has an ego. Ego is not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a thing. And so you are never going to live in a place where you just don't have any ego. You can you can constantly surrender to a higher version of yourself and not let your ego just like run the show. But I don't I'm not looking to have an egoless life, right? It's just it's just one of those things. But the thing you want to recognize about the ego is those beliefs and everything that formed the ego, of course, they were formed. Um, in our in our younger years, right? And so those beliefs are really our subconscious beliefs. And your ego, your subconscious mind, I don't care what you want to call it, all of it is designed to protect you and to keep you safe. Protect you and to keep you safe uh, and, and doing what feels familiar. So when I was just thinking about this a little bit, I was like, the ego will always keep you from truth. Because when you have the truth, then you have the information that you need to make changes. The ego will keep you from love. You know, just, just that, that's a whole different thing. But where I'm going with all of that is the ego in the different ways that our egos will show up in our lives is really what I wanted to talk about. And that's tied into manipulation because we don't realize how much we manipulate situations because we need them to go a certain way because we don't know how to ask for what it is that we need. So I hope all of that makes sense. So just a couple of these that I wanted to talk about and ways that it shows up. So one of the ways that manipulation can show up is, have you ever been around people that are passive aggressive? It's almost like somebody will throw a rock and hide their hand. You, you know that they did something, you know that they implied or that they meant something, but they didn't just directly say whatever it is that they, that they, that they wanted. And so passive aggressive people hint at things. People who operate um, and from a place of passive aggression, you know, it's, it's, it's a weird thing to just experience, but I can always just feel it when somebody didn't say anything, but you're going to, you're going to feel an aggressive I don't even know how to how to absolutely explain this, except for I just know when you're in it. So like people who operate from a way that is passive aggressive, they just don't have the assertion enough to, to ask for what it is that they need to say, I need this, or can you do this, or could you do this, or I don't like it when you do this. And so it's almost like 
They seem to go along to get along, but you're going to get something on the back end of it that lets you know what it is that they meant, even though they didn't outright say it, if that makes sense, right? That's that's just one thing. That's That's a way of manipulation, by the way. Another way of manipulation. And these things are learned, guys. These things are learned, so they are not good or bad. So if you see yourself in any of these things, say, yep, that's me. Another form of manipulation is the silent treatment. Silence speaks volumes. The silent treatment, right? Let me tell you the what the silent treatment does to people who don't understand what's happening. It diminishes people. It makes people feel invisible. This is a form of, of passive-aggressive behavior, by the way. It punishes people. It makes people feel insignificant. But what usually happens with the silent treatment is that we are projecting onto people the way that we absolutely feel ourselves or either we have been given the silence treatment. Remember, silent treatment, all of these things are learned, but the silent treatment is a form of manipulation. Instead of you saying, hey, I feel this way about what you said or did, or, you know, I would like to talk about this or I need some space to do this. We just don't say anything. Listen, I don't talk that much to people anyway. So I was a master of the silent treatment. Just like, I just stopped talking and you're going to know what I meant by what I didn't say. Guess what? And I and I really thought I was doing something. That was my emotionally immature way of handling conflict when I really didn't have the tools or the know-how to handle it, right? Now I can assert my voice and I can have difficult conversations, but there used to be uh, a time when the silent treatment was my go-to because I come from an environment where when my mom was upset, my mom didn't yell, my mom didn't do anything, my mom would stop talking. She just wouldn't say anything. So some things you are not taught, but they're caught in your environment and you just replicate what it is that you see. Ghosting is another thing that, that some people do, right? Ghosting where you just... You just check out and you leave. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not happy to say this, but I was also one of those people that I would just leave. Leave the relationship and I would just be gone. But it's it's a form of. In many instances, it can be a passive aggressive form of punishing someone. Here's an interesting one: placating or people pleasing. Listen, when I come across people that are overly, overly nice and accommodating, I'm like, this person is either just sweet to their core or they are just an absolute people pleaser. When people just go with the flow of just like wherever the wind is blowing, people just go with the flow of that. I just instinctively take a second look at that because I know that that is a people pleasing behavior. People-pleasing behavior say everybody else is more important than you, so you'll be whoever it is that people need you to be to get their approval, to get their love, to get their, their validation, but you're going to be everybody except who you really are because what happens is you have been a chameleon for so long that you don't even know who you are. You know, it's like you're, you're just tossed to and fro by every strong personality and demand, every whim of other people that's placed upon you, and if the approval is high enough, off you go, Right? So you want to watch those people-pleasing behaviors because not everybody is going to like you. Not everybody needs to like you. But if you connect with who you are and you learn to show up in an authentic way, the people that like you will. And the people that don't, I mean, it's just like, oh, well. But people-pleasers, when you see people-pleasing behavior, it's to me like, it's, I don't know, personally one of the saddest things for me to watch because I know that the people will never get what it is that they're actually after. People-pleasing behavior, too. A lot of people-pleasing behavior, you don't sub set boundaries. 
There's no boundaries around your time, your energy, and attention. And that often leads to resentment. So a lot of times, the people that you think are the absolute nicest, the most accommodating, will go out of their way above and beyond. If you really get beyond the surface, you will find that those people have unexpressed anger or resentment because nobody has ever done the thing for them that they are doing for other people. Because guess what? People pleasers, everybody has needs except you. Uh, So you think, but you have needs as well. And you don't have to, you know, bend over backwards to accommodate the world and not accommodating yourself. Here's another form of manipulation too. Avoidance. When you avoid people, conversations, situations, like somebody was telling me before that they were avoiding having a conversation because they didn't want to hurt someone's feelings. Do you not want to hurt that person's feelings or do you not want to be uncomfortable? Sometimes we make something about another person and it's really about our own discomfort. I'm avoiding having this conversation or I'm avoiding having this action, taking this action or I'm avoiding this because I'm concerned about how the the other person is going to feel or be impacted. Mm, Probably at the core of that is you're concerned about your own discomfort and your own inability to regulate your emotions around conflicts, right? So we avoid what we just don't want to confront. Confront is not a bad word. Confront doesn't mean that it has to be just like loud and angry and contentious. Confront means that you're just going to deal with the shit that just needs to be dealt with, right? So that you can get to a, a healthier place within the confines of your relationships, and then also, when you say you don't you don't want to hurt people's feelings, in essence, you are making a decision for people without considering them. You're making a, a decision, which really is about you, like I said, but you're making a decision without giving the person the benefit of a doubt that they can handle and regulate their own emotions. Seriously, caretaking. This is a big one. It's a form of manipulation. Listen, as a coach, in many instances, I am in a caretaking role. I I take care of people's businesses through strategy. I take care of people's mindsets right through conversations. But blurring the lines, a lot of times, people have a need to be needed. And so people get their validation um, and approval and sense of worth and security from the fact that people need them. I don't want people to need me in a way that disempowers them and in a way that they can't learn to do whatever it is that we're talking about for themselves. I don't want that responsibility for people. My goal is to empower people so that the principles and everything that we're learning, that they can go and do these and they won't always need me. We're growing into different things, right? Because they're they're growing as well. I'm not interested in codependent relationships Um, that feed my need to be needed. But sometimes in your relationships, watch if you're the person who's always giving advice, if you're the person who's always helping, always fixing, always doing something, you think it's about other people. Sometimes it's really your need to be needed. And if that is a void that is in you, it's going to work out so much better for you if you feel that and not at the expense of someone else because everybody does not want that. It's when people reach out to me, and I know that what they're reaching out for has more to do about them than it is to being in service to me. It's it's it, it's very repelling to me, right? But this this going back to what I said before, this all ties back into knowing what it is that you need. Remember, I don't care how great your parents were. None of us got everything that we needed in childhood. So this is not a judgment about, oh my God, you're a manipulator. or Oh my God, you do this. This is more of a, 
You know what? All change starts with truth. If you can identify with any of these things, when you see something, you can shift them and then you can show up in a better way. All right. Now, here's another one. Judgment and judging other people. We have all been guilty of this. Judgment, my friends, is often something that allows us to feel better about ourselves as someone else's someone else's expense. But do you know that oftentimes when you judge other people that you are judging a part of yourself and another person? The reason why I say that is because very rarely will you judge something that you don't recognize or judge something that just has no resonance with you, resonance with you. Let me give you an example. If you've ever seen somebody who says, oh, I used to be on drugs, I can recognize a heroin addict a mile away, they can recognize what was in them, right? So there's that resonance. They recognize it where I, I've never been on heroin. So the the things that this person can clearly see in another person, it's lost on me because that has not been my experience. So a lot of times we judge things in other people that exist in us and I, I, I would invite you to say the next time you judge somebody to ask yourself, where is this also in me? Where is this showing up in me and the judgment, the anger, everything that I'm projecting, if you will, onto this other person? It's really how I feel about myself. They're either doing something that you do, doing something that you wish you could do. Do you see what I'm saying? So dive into that, into yourself a little bit. It may show up in a different form, but trust and believe you're going to find that it's in you somewhere because what judging does, judging allows you to be superior. It's a form of comparison, actually. But in this case, usually when we compare ourselves, we compare our worst to somebody else's best. But judging is a form of comparison that allows you to be the superior, right? It allows you to feel better at somebody else's expense. But yeah, if you find out where that person, where they're coming from and where that thing might be in you, then you can probably operate from a place of greater compassion. Here's another one. I was just thinking about all this stuff and how these things show up. Suspicion. You Have you ever... <laughs> Have you ever seen somebody who is just like cynical and skeptical and suspicious about everything and everybody? Like, to me, it's like a form of projection. You project onto other people from your pain and your lived experiences. But remember, just because we believe something, that's you, me, and that's anybody, it does not mean that it's true. But people that just operate from a place of suspicion, sir, ma'am, Everybody is not out to get you. Everybody is not out to get you. In actuality, the more trust that you have with yourself, the less you can operate from a place of skepticism and cynicism and think that everybody is just just trying to come up at your expense, trying to take advantage of you, trying to do something like you'll be able to rest in that. But it's really a form of projection. My mom, if my mom hears this, she probably will cuss me out. But my mom... It's just my mom is the one that'll be like, my mom sees through those lenses. My mom sees through the lenses of suspicion or almost like cynicism. And my, and my mom, I will be like, mom, I just didn't get that from that. We could listen to the exact same thing or see the exact same scenario. And we see it from two different, two totally different places. And, and I'll be like, mom, no, I didn't, I didn't get that. And that's how I understand that our own lived experiences, our own pain, our own undealt with 
things, we will project those onto other people. So when my mom gives me something that she's suspicious about or cynical about, I take it with a grain of salt. It's not that I'm saying that she's she doesn't have that she's never accurate, right? But what I am saying is knowing her and what a lot of her lived experience has been, I take that with a grain of salt because I know that there is something else that is informing that, right? So my point in telling you all of these things is my goal in everything that I do, first and foremost, I want to be better, right? I want to be better. I want to continually be better, but I want to help people get better, not just look better, but be better like down in the inside of you, down in the core of you, where you feel so good about you because you know you've dealt with your stuff. We always hear people talk about, oh, you got to do do the work. How do you do the work? You got to get, you got to get like gut level honest, Right heart-wrenchingly honest with yourself and not make the things that you see about yourself mean something about you personally. They don't mean anything about you personally, about your worthiness as a person. So if you're a person who judges, if you're a person who's a master manipulator, if you're a person who's the caretaker, it doesn't mean anything about you personally in terms of your innate or intrinsic worth. It simply means that this is how you learn to show up in life to get your needs met. And all I am saying is there is another way, a healthier way, a better way that can get your needs met that involves you doing the work of healing who you are on the inside so that it doesn't have to happen at somebody else's expense, right? Because as long as it's at somebody else's expense or you need an outside person to do it, you are always going to be in a position where you are disempowered. How about getting your needs met for real and in a real way, you got to know what they are first. What is it that you need? Do you know that when you tap in and you get really clear on what it is that you need and you move through the ego stories about making it mean something about you personally, you can ask for what it is that you need, right? You can ask people for what it is that you need. And guess what? They have every right to say no. They have every right not to give it is, give you what it is that you feel like you need. But you know what you need. The first thing you want to do is do your best to give it to yourself. And then in your relationships, you can ask for what you need. You don't have to ghost. You don't have to give the silent treatment. You don't have to be passive aggressive. You don't have to be overly people pleasing or caretaking or be a person of judgment or suspicion to get your needs met. Because the more authentic we are with ourselves, the more we can show up authentically authentically and in truth with other people. And I'm going to tell you, the more the there's a core lie that a lot of us believe is that if we really are who we are for real, that people won't love us or that people will leave us or they won't be in relationship with us. How will we ever know if we've been showing up in relationship as some other version of ourselves doing all of these other things to get our needs met? Vulnerability. It's the thing that we all shy away from because we think that vulnerability makes us weak. Vulnerability actually will make you free. Vulnerability will make you strong because you are so in tune with yourself enough that you can say, no, I'm not doing well today. I'm not I'm not feeling strong today. I could really use some reassurance or could you do like you you just it just is what it is and you show up and it is what it is. You don't try to mask it and make it be something that is not vulnerability, the ego will keep us away from. And it's actually the thing, the key, right? That gets us more of what it really is that we need in the first place, right? The ego, all of this is to avoid getting to the real root of your need and being vulnerable enough to ask, right? Because what happens when we need something? 
we feel like it makes us needy. Some, sometimes we might be. But my whole point in all of that is, y'all know I'm always taking this back inwards. If we tap in and go inward and we go through and dig through and sit with the truths about ourselves, when we see things, we can shift them. We can do the work because we have tools to do the work. It takes courage. That's why people say if everybody, if, if it was easy, everybody would do it. That's why a lot of people would rather numb out and check out and live in the ego self because it's easier, because it's autopilot. It takes a lot of courage to do this work for real. So for those of you that are committed to it, I applaud you. Um, I, I probably feel more pain than most people because I'm willing to sit with my pain until I can resolve it and until I can heal it. But in, in retrospect, I wouldn't have it any other way. My pain has been my platform. My pain has fueled my purpose. My pain has actually laid the foundation for me to find out like what real peace is. Um, so I just want to invite you to go within and know that just because you might manipulate or just because you might be a manipulator, it doesn't make it it doesn't make it mean anything bad about you. You can just learn to get your needs met in a real way. And it starts with finding out what they are. What do you really need? Find out what that is and let's get to work. Thank you so much for sharing space with me. If you know someone else that uh, operates in any of these behaviors, share the podcast with them because sometimes people go through life on autopilot and completely unaware and you never know whose life you might change. Thank you so much and have a beautiful day.